Oh my, oh my, Dario, what's going on, my friend? How are you doing today? It is wonderful. I'm in California, and I got a special co-host with me today. No, it's not Jacob Sanderson. I am here with Dario. What's going on, man? How you doing? Good, good. How about you? I'm, you know, happy to be looking looking forward to week 15 here. It's like these weeks, I think as we get closer to the playoffs, all these games get more significant. Obviously, it's the fantasy playoffs too. It's just like you feel the hype rising to a new level every week. And it's just, it's the best time of the year. I, I love it. I absolutely love it, my friend. I am, I'm stoked for this. I'm hyped. I am feeling the energy like you said. And I'm feeling it coming off you, man. I'm feeling your energy. I am so ready to rock and roll for this slate. Is there anything that, that you, you're looking at with this slate where you just you know that you can hit something, you know that you, you should stay away from something? You know, are there, are there any... I don't know. Are, are there any locks for for this upcoming week in week 15? I mean, to me, Isaiah Pacheco feels like a free square this week. He's not particularly overpriced. He's not particularly as high owned as he probably should be. I mean, he's got a little bit of chalk coming his way, but he's got the best matchup for a running back in the entire league. He's been clearly trusted by the Chiefs to be their red zone back. He's their main ball carrier. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still on the IR, so no concerns there. He's been taking over. We've seen hardly any Ronald Jones the last week or two. So I think Isaiah Pacheco is just perfectly lined up. He's been getting these goal line touches, but we have yet to see a two-touchdown game from him. I think that this is where everything falls into place for Isaiah Pacheco at only 5,900 on DraftKings. I'm going to be playing a ton of him. Dario, man, you're, you're giving it away. You're giving away the show before we're even getting started, man. I, I was just wondering about matchups or something, you know, like guys you're trying to stay away from. Now, I'm excited, man. We got uh, four different games that we're really going to be highlighting with the fifth one. If we have some time, we have some sleepers for you all, some, some cheaper assets, some cheaper options, of course, that you can pivot off to if you want to get expensive, you know, trying to play those, I don't know, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown stacks, and you need to pivot off that. So are you ready to kick this episode off? You ready to go, Dario? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. That's right, that's right. We are here to talk some DFS for week 15. And Dario, I'm going to get us started, man, because there's one game that I really, really love on the slate. You know, I feel like there's going to be chalk on it, so we have to kind of figure out a way to kind of pivot and get ourselves in an advantageous situation. And that's going to be the Tennessee Titans and the Chargers, right? We have Derrick Henry, who is an absolute monster. We already know that. We don't have to talk about it. But I think the biggest thing that people aren't talking about is the fact that Hilliard is out this week. Hilliard has been mm-hmm. in that, that pass catch they bring in on third downs, you know, to give him some relief, to, to let him get some, some breathing. Oop, did, you, did I lose you? Yeah, you're, 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 you're lagging a bit. But I think it, I, you were saying that Dontrell Hilliard's absence. And, uh, oh, man, he's frozen. I apologize. I'm having some technical difficulties on my back. There you are. Yeah, he's he, you know a traveling man. You gotta you gotta forgive the the internet when you, when you're on the road. You know. Yeah, I know, man. It's been tough. It's been tough. But uh, I, I'm trying to get with it. We'll, we'll try this again. It's saying that I have full connection, so hopefully you guys don't lose me again. But no, I, the the Titans and the Chargers. Uh, Derek Henry, right, has been a monster. Hilliard being out, I think, is a as a major. Uh, bonus for Henry. We saw actually Henry run his highest routes run by eight more routes than the the second most routes run per game. Uh, 
we're going to see him see these targets, right? He ended up seeing three targets last week. I know that's not a lot, but he does do a lot with them. He took it, I believe, for 34 yards. And the Chargers, you don't really even need the the pass-catching prowess over there for Derrick Henry for him to be valuable. He's going to be valuable regardless. So just a little bit of a cherry on top. Meanwhile, when we talk about the Chargers and their defense, we already know that you can run all over the Chargers. You know, he's going to be chalk, right? He's going to see over 20% ownership this week. I strongly believe he's going to be chalk, but this is a guy that that I just cannot fade. I cannot fade this chalky option. I love to fade chalk. I cannot fade him this week. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have allowed, what, two games where they didn't allow 100 yards rushing to the running back uh, since week three. I mean, and we're just going to see a situation where Derrick Henry could absolutely explode. Now, I don't want to miss out on this. So, Dari, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to throw it your way. So I can I can regroup. I can take a sip of my beer. Uh, are you going to be somebody that's fading Derek Henry this week, or is it going to be a must play for you? I would say not a full fade. I I think he's probably I'm playing him mostly in game stacks for this game. I don't know how much I'm going to be going out of my way to force Henry into other lineups. Like you say, I think if he ends up at call it twenty percent ownership, I might have him at ten to fifteen percent of my lineups. Maybe just be a little bit below that. But I do think that this is an incredible spot for him. And especially, like you said, the the few more routes, the few more targets really just creates a whole new level of upside. I just think that I'm going to be very heavily focused on the Chargers side of this game, too. And then you kind of have to it's going to it's going to be tough to squeeze everyone in there because there's a lot of expensive options we like in this game. Yeah, there is. I mean, when we talk about the other side, which we're going to get into in a second, it's it's going to put us into an interesting spot as to where we can actually pivot to because if you are playing Derrick Henry, he is going to be chalk, and I just don't know how you can get away from him. Another guy that I said you, that you had to have in 100% of your lineups last week was a Conquo, and he ended up smashing, giving you one of the top performances on the week, super cheap. He made he made your DFS lineups uh, pretty much just – he made it able to form and play some more expensive guys, and this week up at 3,100 – I think you got to go after him. I think you got to tackle him. I mean, the, the Chargers, right? They're 19th up against the tight end position. But you look at the last three weeks, they've only allowed two receptions for 32 yards over the past three games to the tight end. So it's been guys that it's not the tight end, though, right? It's not the fact that these tight ends have been dominant. And they've been shutting it down. It's been more so the fact that they haven't played teams that utilize their tight end. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm sitting there. I'm going to attack a Conquo. I'm going to love playing him this week. I think I'm going to have him right around 10 to 15% of my lineup, same amount that you said for Derrick Henry. I just don't know how you can get away from a guy that is being involved in the passing game. He does not, by the way, block. And he doesn't even play on slot. He is utilized strictly as a tight end, which we know Ryan Tannehill loves. Uh, Austin Hooper still getting the snaps, but he's playing a lot out of the slot that's still allowing Conquo to be on the field and to run the routes. Uh, are you somebody that is is risking playing a Conquo, or are you going to end up fading him this week? I think you, you got to roll with it. I mean, I it's funny because I picked up uh, a Conquo in a couple seasonal leagues. In you know, as these snaps and routes started to uptick last week, and then last week I I came this close to starting him, but I, I had Hunter Henry too, so it was kind of kind of balanced out. And I think that he's just kind of someone that we know we're going to be able to trust more and more. And it's clear the coaching staff is trusting him more and more. So I think that. You, you definitely should be looking to play some Oconquo this week. Yeah, I think that you have to mix them in there. It's not like going to be a, a lock as it was for me last week because I think we're going to start to see an increased ownership from Oconquo. I can see him as chalk this week hitting the, the 14%, 15% mm-hmm. you know, mark for the entire slate. But no, nah, I mean, 
Yeah, I think there's a be... lot of tight ends on this slate that have some appeal. So I think probably I'll be below um oh, below sort of the tournament ownership for a conquo. Well, at least I'll I'll hope to be. Maybe keep him around five to eight percent of my lineups as opposed to fifteen. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I think this is a game that you really do uh, have to attack pretty heavily and trying to figure out the right system or the, the right combination of players to stay away from the chalk while still being able to play these two guys is, is kind of critical. And I really don't see these two guys being played in the same lineups, you know, because you're talking about mm-hmm. Derrick Henry being a guy that is going to be running the ball down the the Chargers' throats. Meanwhile, Conquo is still going to have to get those touches and especially get a touchdown in this one. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game as to where you can actually play both and still get relevancy uh, from both positions. Now, on the other side of things for me, I think we're going to see an extremely high level of chalk from Keenan Allen, especially from those guys who are playing you know, Derrick Henry. They're going to run it back with, with Keenan Allen. They're going to stack Herbert onto this. But for me, Mike Williams is actually the guy that I want to play. Uh, I think that right now it's estimating that he's going to see around 6 to 8% ownership. I think he's going to end up being around 12 by the time it's all said and done. He's going to be in a lot of lineups, just like Keenan Allen is, opposite of Derrick Henry. I still think that he's a guy that you actually have to play, because if you end up not playing this game, if you end up fading you know, your, your Derrick Henrys, if you end up fading your Mike Williams, you're going to end up missing out on a potential of being you know, the highest scoring game on the slate. And these two guys will get those touchdowns in there if it is a high scoring game. Mm-hmm. I want Mike Williams. He's cheaper. He's going to see less ownership than Keenan Allen by far. So I think we relatively close. And the the upside from, from Mike Williams is just through the roof. Uh, that's the guy who can actually break the slate. So for me, give me Derrick Henry. Give me Mike Williams. Give me a little bit of a Conquo in here. And I can see some Justin Herbert, but I think the way that you get actually get away from the chalk isn't by going out and running out like Josh Palmer, you know, because Josh Palmer's a guy that people are discussing to, to kind of move your lineups around. I mean, you would have to get for Josh Palmer to set you up for success at the price range that he's sitting at, you would have to get at least minimum the same stat line that he had last week week with Keenan Allen and with Mike Williams. But he would also have to throw in a touchdown, which he wasn't able to get. I just don't see that happening for for Josh Palmer. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and fade him. And I'm actually going to fade Justin Herbert this week. I know before the show, you were actually talking about how Justin Herbert was one of your your favorite guys or your favorite quarterbacks this week. But I think the way to get away from the chalk and still play the guys that you want to play is by doing a skinny stack in this one and, and not trying to tackle, you know, every guy from this game. How do you feel about that? Am I, am I turning you off a little bit? That's, uh, that's, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think I, I, you're ruffling my feathers maybe, but a quick question while we're on this game, a name that I think you haven't mentioned yet. What are you doing with Gerald Everett? So I, you know, it's kind of funny because I actually like double tight end stacks uh, to an extent, but this season has not been the year where you should be double stacking tight ends. Oh, God, tight ends are uh, brutal, yeah. Yeah, so for me, if I'm going to play this game at all, I'm probably going to play a Conquil over Gerald Everett, but I'll have a couple of shares of Gerald Everett like sprinkled into a few of my lineups if I'm attacking this game. If I'm not attacking this game, I don't want anything to do with Gerald Everett. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because Everett had eight targets last week, even though... Keenan Allen was healthy. Mike Williams was healthy. Austin Eckler still got his, I think, eight targets as well. So it's very clear that he's still kind of a priority in this offense. I think Josh Palmer is actually the fifth target behind Eckler, Everett, Williams, and Allen. So I have some intrigue with Everett. Obviously, he's a good bit more expensive than a Conquo, which is a huge factor. But I was just curious since I I think he's he's a piece of that Chargers offense that I think is worth discussing too. Yeah, I mean, he should be thrown in the, the realm, but I mean, how many teams or how many people are we going to see where it's going to be Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, 
Gerald Everett, right? And then Derrick Henry mm. is the run back. Or you're going to end up seeing, uh, you know, Mike Williams with Gerald Everett and Justin Herbert stacks. So I think if you're going to go that route, you're going to be carrying a lot of people with you. I much rather would not even have to compete with those guys and, and just hope to fade Justin Herbert in a in a game where maybe it gets a little bit out of hand and they try to run the ball and utilize the, the short passing game to kind of waste the clock and, and run that down. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert might not see the touchdowns necessary to boost him up about that. So I think Justin Herbert has a pretty easy time at getting 300 yards and getting that bonus. But he's also, in this week's matchup, he's going to have to hit that three-touchdown threshold, and he might not have to if the Chargers get up early. Yeah, I think, I mean, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come out and, and disagree with you a little bit here because Justin Herbert is projected for lower ownership than Jalen Hurts this week, Patrick Mahomes, other elite yes. quarterbacks. We know that Justin Herbert has pretty similar upside. And I do think that when the Chargers score touchdowns, very rarely is it on the ground. Like Austin Eckler catches a lot of touchdowns through the air. And Justin Herbert, like early on, I remember it, in this season, Josh Allen had like every single one of the Bills offenses touchdowns, right? And I think that Justin Herbert is a similar type of quarterback where he's like, the beating heart of his offense. And I think that as this offense has gotten healthier around him, like I'm surprised that he's not even chalkier. So I'm kind of leaning into Herbert as opposed to fading this situation, especially after seeing what the Jaguars did to this Titans pass defense last week. So with Justin Herbert, I have him at, uh, let's see, 12% ownership being the third highest quarterback on the slate. Um, that's coming over from establish the run. I just think that a lot of people are going to be targeting this game and, and they're going to have Herbert in their lineups to be able to, uh, to of course, go with those stacks and try to target this game pretty heavily. I think it's one of the chalkiest uh, games overall on the slate. But, but let's go ahead and let's hop off this game. I want to talk about your first game. Which game are you targeting uh, in terms of, of DFS? Or which game do you want to discuss in terms of DFS? Yeah, so I think I want to open up staying in the AFC West, talking about the Chiefs and the Texans. Really, let's just talk about the Chiefs because we know that the Texans are not really the reason this game is appealing. Chiefs are, I think, a 14-point favorite, which gives them, I'm pretty sure, the highest implied team total on this slate. Vegas implies 31.75 points for them, which is absolutely massive. I mentioned Isaiah Pacheco at the top of the show, and I don't think that Jarek McKinnon is necessarily a bad play, especially on DraftKings if you have the full-point PPR. He's been mixing in and getting a lot of targets from Patrick Mahomes. And I just think we've seen Patrick Mahomes play absolutely lights out this season. He's going to probably continue on that tear against this very bad defense. And I think that you still want to play some Mahomes because they are pretty pass heavy in the red zone too. Like they're not just going to hand it to Pacheco inside the 10 yard line, even though they have been trusting him more and more like Patrick Mahomes is going to get some gadget touchdowns to Travis Kelsey or some sneaky throws. I like Juju Smith-Schuster this week. So I think that there's just everyone on the Chiefs. You can fire them up this week, probably, you know, to maybe a little bit less, more of a sprinkle for a guy like MVS. But I think between Juju, Kelsey, Mahomes, Pacheco, and like just a dash of McKinnon, a dash of MVS, maybe a dash of Tony if he plays. I just think, you gonna you were gonna want to like load every round into your into your cannon for this one. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit curious about this game, right? Because the Texans have only allowed three quarterbacks to throw over 300 yards on them. Uh, they're extremely extremely um, 
they're just so bad, right? Like they're, mm-hmm. they don't allow, you know, high passing games because no team has to, right? They just run the ball against them. But Stingley Jr. has been great on the outside. The secondary has been much better. Uh, you know, if Patrick Mahomes is, is forced to throw, then we could see a, you know, a, an epic game from him, of course. Like I would never say that you can't get an epic game out of Mahomes. I'm just worried about the volume, right? Like are we going to end up seeing mm-hmm. Mahomes pass more than 35 times this game? You know, if he does, like in terms of efficiency, like the the Texans have been okay up against quarterbacks and allowing these these lower passing games. Part of it, like I said, has to do with the attempts, but the other part is is they've actually been pretty efficient at allowing uh, you know low yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. So for me, I, I don't hate it. I think that Mahomes is going to be in a couple of my lineups, but I'm not going to have probably more than five percent of them unless you can sell me on why the Texans can keep up with the Chiefs. I think that it's not to me, it's not so much about the Texans keeping up with the Chiefs as the Chiefs just like boat racing them. And the nature of the Chiefs is to score touchdowns through the air more so than on the ground. So I think that let's say the Chiefs score 30 plus points in this game, right? Give them four or five touchdowns. Chances are Mahomes is throwing for three of those. And then maybe like I think. You're probably not going to play any of Pacheco with Mahomes, right? But I think you want to get exposure to both of those <clears throat> aspects of this offense. So in your in your lineups where you're playing Pacheco, maybe you find a skinny stack there. And then in other lineups where you're stacking Mahomes, maybe get like Mahomes. I mean, I feel like every week you have to build Mahomes, Juju, Kelsey, right? Like that's that's a must-play stack every week that the Chiefs are on the main slate. So you're going to get a little bit of that. And... And I, I think that there's just so many paths for them to put up a ton of points here. I know you you were talking about the efficiency for the Texans. I'm looking at EPA per play. They're pretty down the middle, especially against, you know, opposing quarterbacks. They're 16th in the league, dead average. And yeah. Mahomes has been just absolutely lights out this season. Yeah, I- I can't hate that, but Mahomes is going to be the first quarterback in 2022 to throw for three touchdowns up against the Texans. So that's that's what you're hoping for. He's going to be his first quarterback all season to be able to do that. Uh, It's kind of crazy how the Texans like nobody throws against the Texans. It's it's pretty absurd. Um, I liked your Isaiah Pacheco call. I actually love that call, but I also don't hate Jarrett McKinnon. I mean, Jarek mm-hmm. McKinnon can give you a massive upside week at any point, and I think that a lot of people are going to be on Pacheco this week. I, I, I'm not going to say yeah. that he's going to be chalk, but at the same time, like you're going to see what 15 percent. Where do you have him uh, uh, yeah. sitting at? So yeah, with here on our player pages for Player Profiler, we um, Roto Grinders pumps through their projected ownership for us, and I think they have him at around sixteen percent for the time being. So definitely not by any means off the grid. I think McKinnon is more of a sneaky play and McKinnon is another guy that Andy Reed and the chiefs trust. Like we've seen McKinnon have games with plenty of red zone touches. I mean, last week, geez, that was a career game for McKinnon, but I, I think they're both in play. Honestly, like the, the worst run defense in the league. Like if, if you had them both in a seasonal league and it was a deep lineup, like you're starting both of these guys. Cause you know that there's going to be a ton of touchdowns coming their way, regardless of, how it ends up. So I think in DFS, that means we want to get a little bit of exposure to both of them. Like you said. Yeah, I I could see that 100%. So that's something I'm going to be tackling pretty heavy uh, this upcoming week, but I'm going to go ahead. Do you have anything else to offer? Like, do you want to play the Chris Moore's of the world? Like who are you? you, Are you playing anybody from the Texans? Yeah. To to give my 20 seconds about the Texans, since, since they are the other team that will be in this game, I think that 
Rex Burkhead and Ogumboale, and then they'll probably activate Royce Freeman would be my guess, and they're going to have a pretty nasty three-man backfield. I think my my appeal is still probably with Burkhead just because he's the most experienced, and we've seen him have you know pretty pretty nice spike weeks in random points of the season. He can catch six or eight balls in you know a very negative game script for them. We know they don't have a mobile quarterback. So I think my lean would be on Burkhead. All three of the running backs are projecting for practically no ownership. So I think Burkhead is is a fine play. And then I'm probably fading this Chris Moore chalk. I think that you're kind of buying his ceiling, especially, I mean, he's projecting for upwards of 20% ownership according to Roto Grinders. So that's just <clears throat> ridiculous. And I think that if you really are set on playing a Texans receiver as a run back, which I don't think you have to, but I think if you're set on it, you might as well just like go with Philip Dorsett, who has, you know, very tons of speed and he can break a deep one. He's running more routes than Amari Rogers. So right now it's kind of like Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett are the full-time receivers, Amari Rogers in three receiver sets. So even though Amari Rogers caught the touchdown last week and probably has a little bit more attention from the public right now, I think that Philip Dorsett is the sneaky run back play. But again, do you want to play a run back because this this game script projects to be so bad maybe but i think you also just want to not get too cute with it and it's okay to build a lineup without a texan in it even if you have mahomes and i think pacheco is just like a one-off that i want to be throwing into all kinds of stacks this week yeah i gave you chris more last week guys i gave you chris more last week (laughs) all right if if you didn't play him last week you're too late to play him now because he is going to be chalk and, and I'd rather fade that with a bad Texans team. Uh, honestly, like if you're going to play this game, I don't think you need a run back because the options are already mm-hmm. pretty cheap, right? Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes is expensive, of course, but if you play like Jarek McKinnon, if you decide to play Judas Schuster, uh, you're getting pretty cheap. The only expensive other, other guy in this matchup is Travis Kelsey. So, uh, you know, I don't think that you have to be forced to play some of these other cheap options like Philip Dorsett. Um, you know, Mari Rogers in these cases, just yeah, that's like the you're not going to be strapped, really gross you know? worst case scenarios. <laughs> but yeah, I think that McKinnon, like you can play McKinnon with Mahomes, whereas I wouldn't play Pacheco with Mahomes. So I think that's kind of an interesting layer to consider here is like you can stack Mahomes with McKinnon, probably not yep. so much with Pacheco. But I think yeah, that's give about me it. Mahomes, give me Mahomes, McKinnon, and Kelsey stack all day. Give me that stack all day because it's not be talk. I know that they're going to hit if Mahomes does pass for three touchdowns. First team ever to do it up against the Texans in 2022. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hop over to the Bears and Eagles game. Dude, I was I was drawing up lineups this morning, right? I'm going through my lineups. I'm, I'm setting up my DFS stuff, and my stuff is getting weird, man. Like, I, I had a lot of weird stuff happening with, with Justin Fields. I had a lot of them naked, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I put him in with Kmet, but I really, really like Justin Fields naked. I, I just can't help it. Sorry, guys. Where, where's the little sound effect that the Matt Keller always uses? The boing, you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, Fields is not going to be chalky. I have him down at like less than 5% ownership. Um, and honestly, there's, there's nobody outside of Komet for him to throw the ball to. You know, we're going to see Fields <clears throat> in a situation where he is going to have to run if they're going to keep up with the Eagles. And it's kind of funny because the Eagles have gotten a lot better since they brought in, who is it, Linville Joseph and Ndam Gasu. They went back and signed him like four weeks ago. They got brought they're, over they're... by Damian Pierce, and they were like, oh, crap, we got to do something about this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then Gibson and uh, and uh, Robinson ran all yeah, over him, too. Yeah, of course. 
And then they went out and they, they signed those two guys. And I was like, hey, you can still play them, the Eagles. You can still play running backs up against the Eagles for the next couple of weeks because neither one of these guys are efficient. What they're going to do is they're going to be able to work this rotation, right? They got that young uh, rookie. They, they can wear these guys in, give the guys breathers, and they still have two stout guys in the middle. Two weeks goes by, two more good games, and I was like, okay. It seems like they're getting into the rotation more and more often. They know the plays, they know the gap schemes, they know how to control the, these running backs. I would start fading anybody up against the Eagles. Derrick Henry gets shut down. Saquon Barkley gets shut down, right? So we're going to see the same sort of thing happen with David Montgomery. This is going to put the the uh, Bears in a lot of third and long situations because they're not going to be able to run. And what happens? You know, you're going to ask Justin Fields to drop back and throw to nobody. So Justin Fields is going to be running his ass all over this field. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles, although they've gotten way better containing these, these running backs, they've actually gotten way worse at containing the quarterback. Uh, we've now seen two weeks in a row where they got run on by Ryan Tan Daniel Jones. So we're, we can see some efficiency from this rushing upside from Justin Fields. I think they are going to focus on trying to shut him down, but they're going to flush him out of the pocket. They're, he's going to have designed runs, and we're probably going to see at least minimum 100 rushing yards in this upcoming game, probably rushing touchdown. Now you have to figure out how many touchdowns he's going to throw for. He's going to throw for one touchdown. He's going to throw for two. And who's going to get it? It's going to be Nikhil Harry getting 49 yards down the field and catching a bomb. <laughs> is it going to be Chase Claypool if he's going to play? I don't think that he is at this point. He was he's, ruled out know, today. He's yeah. trending in the wrong direction. Oh, he was. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he's done. So now they have what? Equinamius St. Brown. They have Byron Pringle. And they got Nikhil Dante Harry. Pettis. Uh, Nikhil yeah. Harry played. And Dante Pettis. That's right. That's right. Uh, so... Nikhil Harry is coming back from an injury. He played three snaps last week. On one of his three snaps, he got a 49-yard bomb. So that was a design play. That means that they're getting Nikhil Harry incorporated in the offense. Um, meanwhile, you have Cole Kmet, who's you know getting some of the targets. He's probably going to have the biggest target share in this game. But it, with his price, it's not bad. It's like 3800 You still are going to want a touchdown from him. For me, I'd rather just go out there and and play justin fields naked and on mm-hmm. the other side of things uh, you know a lot of people if they are playing this game you're going to see a lot of people targeting jalen hurts and stacking them with aj brown and then having to go super super cheap uh, you know across the whole entire lineup because aj brown is 8k and then you have you know hurts up there at what is he sitting at like 7800 i think i mean yep. it, it's just going to be a it's just going to be a situation where it would actually be ideal to run justin fields naked and then play Miles Sanders, who two of the past three games, Miles Sanders put up at least 140 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even put up a touchdown in the game that, that wasn't mentioned and still didn't lose your fantasy week or in DFS, didn't end up losing you money. So I actually really like Miles Sanders to go in there. The Bears have been completely abysmal up against running backs uh, you know, on the season thus far. It's just a situation where Miles Sanders can break the slate. Justin Fields is going to have to run. He can end up putting up just as many points as as Hertz does. But you're going to have leverage off the chalk from Hertz because I think Hertz is going to be pretty ha- uh, heavily owned. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, I'm looking at this game like, hey, if I can leverage Miles Sanders and get off of A.J. Brown, get off of Devonta Smith, and, and play this game very you know with a, a skinny stack once again, I like it, man. And then okay, give me all the Mike Williams and Derrick Henry on top of that. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about this game, man? Like, do I, you like what I said? Do you think you have to go out there and play Cole Komet? Because I, I do like Komet. I'm not against playing Komet. 
Yeah, I, I think that it's funny. This is I'm having massive deja vu because on the Underworld Stackfest show, which is you know with myself, Matt Kelly, and Eric Bimefor over on the Roto Grinders Network, we go through game stacks and we talked about this game. Obviously, it's one of the big games of the week, and we came to the same conclusion. Our favorite way to stack this game was Justin Fields, Miles Sanders, and then bring in one of the receiving weapons for the Eagles right. too. <laughs> So you go Smith, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Justin Fields, play naked fields. It doesn't matter. Komet is projecting to be pretty chalky. So I think that's the kind of weakness point there. And I think that I, I, I'm totally on board with everything you said. Looks like, oh no, we're, we're, we're Chase is drifting off again, folks. Uh, in the meantime, I think I'll <laughs> tell you guys. All right, there he is. He's back. He's back. Uh, I'm I'm gonna before we get on to my next game. We, I think we we've covered this Eagles Bears game pretty nicely, and our favorite way to stack it. But before we get on to my next game, I'm gonna tell you guys about Rival Fantasy. They're our newest and and just an awesome sponsor here over at Player Profiler, RivalFantasy.com. They're the only fantasy sports platform that offers three unique game styles. You can do challenges you can do fantasy book and you can do fantasy bingo fantasy bingo is this really neat concept where you get like a bingo card and it has all these different stats or accomplishments on it like say get a rushing touchdown or 40 receiving yards and then you pick a lineup of five players and try to accomplish a bingo on that card based on whatever those guys accomplish that week in fantasy so very new cutting edge stuff they're doing they're just bringing a whole bunch of unique ways to enjoy the sports you love and whether you're new to fantasy or have been playing it for a long time, they have games that are easy to learn and new experiences. And best of all, they're going to be adding season long next season. So you can, you know, do all kinds of stuff with them. Now, right now, if you go and sign up at rivalfantasy.com with the promo code player, that's promo code player at rivalfantasy.com, you can get up to $50 of 100% loss protection. So go over there, check it out. You just make your first deposit. You don't even have to risk anything for real. Just, you know, check out these new games. That's promo code player and over at rivalfantasy.com. How are we doing, Chase? You're back? I'm, I'm back to an extent. It's still lagging a little bit. We might have to call this show a little early um, and, and go from there. But let's go ahead and dive into your next game. Yeah, so my next game that I've got on the on the uh, list here is the Cowboys and the Jaguars. I think this one has also a pretty high total over under of 48. And there's just a lot to like on both sides here. I think especially Dak is pretty low owned and Zeke and Pollard are both kind of affordable and or not affordable, but also pretty off the grid. And then there's a lot of more chalk going towards CD lamb and Dalton Schultz. But I think you can pivot with Michael Gallup and Evan Ingram the Jaguars receivers, I kind of have a hard time getting a read on whether I am enthusiastic about Christian Kirk or Zay Jones in particular, but I do think that they're going to be a factor as well. Would Do you have anyone you like in this particular game, Chase? Honestly, like I, I love this game as like a whole. Uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, so I'm going to let you uh, let you have the the stage on this one. And, and yeah, pretty much yes to all this. Yeah, and... Who, if you had to start one between Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, do you have a preference? Because I that that's probably the one aspect of this game that I have the toughest time um, reading through. Yeah, I mean Christian Kirk is in a great situation, especially you know getting I believe it's Jordan Lewis that plays in the slot over there for the Cowboys. Uh, I 
really double check that, but either way, like that's the area that you can beat the Cowboys in is out of the slot. So I really do like Christian Kirk. I think that he's going to have a major performance and uh, a major be a major factor in this game. Uh, and I'm not even a big Christian Kirk guy, to be honest. So for me to say that, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean Christian Kirk, he's he's you know his his contract was roasted so hard in the off season, but he's actually delivered pretty nicely as a number one receiver for the Jaguars. So I think that's kind of paid off for them. And yeah, he, he's kind of an affordable number one wide out in fantasy right now in DFS. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. So normally we have the, our shows go an hour. Uh, I'm traveling right now, as you, some of you guys might know. <sighs> Man, and this internet is killing me. So I want to go ahead and I want to build our lineup, get this episode over with so that we can go ahead and attack DFS. And if you guys want to go ahead and, and follow us on Twitter, you can find me at FF underscore intervention. You can find Dario over there at Dario. Is it Offstein? Am I correct on that? Yeah, Offstein. Got it right. Yep. Dar- at Dario Offstein over there on Twitter. You guys can find a lot more of our information on our starts and sits. And I'll give you guys a little bit more insight as to what the rest of the show is going to involve. So go follow us on Twitter so you can, uh, can get a little bit more insight into these matchups. And of course, go follow Dario as well. Let's go ahead and build this lineup. All right, Dario, my friend, we are here to destroy destroy these 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 lineups, these these slates. And we got to start it off with a stack, right? So mm-hmm. if you guys like the Justin Fields stack, I like the Justin Fields stack. Let's go ahead and start with that one. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, as much as I know we don't share my love for the Justin Herbert stacks this week. So I think we can start from a from a place of agreement with this Justin Fields naked and stacking that game with the Eagles side of things. I think it's a very great way to build a little core here for starters. Yeah. I'm down for that. Now, are we going to run him out naked? Is he going to be DFS streets? Let, let's yeah, let's let's send him streaking for now and see see where where this takes us. I I wouldn't right, mind so, playing one of the Eagles receivers here too. What do you think about that? Just getting a little bit of maybe Devonte Smith since he's a little cheaper than AJ Brown. I think Devonte Smith is criminally underpriced right now. Yeah, I mean, he's seeing the same level of output. The, the issue here, right, and I didn't get to talk about it because I, I started lagging out like crazy. Uh, the issue here is we haven't seen a consolidated uh, amount of targets to Devonta Smith since, like, what, week five or something along those lines. You know, it, it's been pretty evenly distributed between A.J. Brown and and Smith, and if it hasn't been, it's gone all to A.J. Brown. So, mm-hmm. for me, I don't think that Devonta Smith is going to see enough volume without AJ Brown getting in his fill. He could, but I don't know that this is going to necessarily be a shootout type game. I think we're going to have to hope for consolidation of targets, but I mean, let's keep him in mind as we, as we go forward. I don't want to put him in our lineups just yet. Uh, I will put in a placeholder defense. Um, We'll just go with the Falcons right here. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of these, these running backs who might want to fit in. Do you want to go the Derrick Henry route or are we trying to, to fade Derrick Henry? I think we can let's start with Derrick Henry and let's see how we feel about the rest of the lineup and if we have to spend down later on. But I, I like the spot for Derrick Henry too. All right. And then who do we want to go with on the other side? I think we both might like Mike Williams, correct? Totally. I think you gotta play Mike Williams in this spot. All right. So we got two skinny stacks going on. I, I like it, man. Like it, if this hits, it's gonna hit big because we know the points are gonna be put up in both games and these Four players are likely to get the majority of the work. 
So I do like this. I don't think we have any kind of chalk going on outside of Derrick Henry. So I think we, we're pretty clean right now in terms of like having to get variants in here. Uh, mm -hmm. So where do we want to go after this? Take one of your uh, wide receivers that, that you discussed in one of these games. I mean, we talked about Juice Smith-Schuster. Uh, you know, you, who's you got you a totally juice like you can fit in here? You read my mind. You I want to go Juju? Of going toward Juju. I think that we get a piece of the Chiefs offense, another great game that we want to be, you know, getting pieces from in lineups this week. And I was literally going to say Juju right when you said that. So that means we got to do it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I want to put a Conquo in here because I do believe that the Chargers will go up at some point in this game by a significant amount. They're going to have to pass, and he's their only pass catcher that's any any good. So I do want to fit in a Conquo into this. Um, and we're sitting here with 5K, two guys left, so we're sitting pretty damn pretty. Uh, you know, Jared McKinnon makes sense in the flex, but I, I kind of rather opt for a wide receiver at this point. Would you rather go super expensive on one guy and super cheap on another, or is there somebody in this mid-range uh, 5K-ish that, that you feel like we should uh, you know, target heavily? Like Garrett Wilson makes a ton of sense up against Detroit, uh, although P is going to have to, to – he's probably going to have somewhat of a shadow coverage over there. I, I still think that he's interesting. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, Pickens up against Carolina, who makes a lot of sense. You know, I'd like to play Zay Jones, but obviously with us playing Christian Kirk uh, or with us discussing Christian Kirk, he's also an option. Uh, who do you like in this situation? I think that let's go. Um, I'm trying to think who's the like some dirt cheap receivers that I like this week. We could go down to um, James Williams is interesting. Hmm. Like, I think if we want to spend as much as possible in the other spot, we could go with someone like Rashid Shahid from the Saints, like just go way off the grid. He's kind of my favorite deep, deep dart throw this week. He's only 3,200, and that leaves us with enough to to pull in a pretty nice receiver on the other side of this. Okay, so we're, we're going complete flyer on this, right? Yeah, this is like, I mean, shot in the dark, like I think the cheapest possible guy you can put in your lineup. All right, let's do it. Let's get them in there. And then we got, we're wide open to the flex for whatever position we want. Um, when we're sitting here checking out the, uh, the, the receivers here, we have Chris Godwin up against Cincinnati. I'm not a huge fan of that one. Christian Kirk, you know, is an option that we could roll with here. Uh, Devonta Smith is on the board, which, you know, I don't hate that one. H how are you feeling? Where, where are you feeling we should go with this one? You know, it's kind of funny. We're, there's not really anyone perfectly way up there like t higgins is the the highest we can afford and i i don't think i'm stoked to play t higgins i do think we're at the perfect spot to put in tony pollard how do you feel about putting a running back in the flex i love that man i i'm i'm down for this let's do it let's go and pound the table and play tony pollard this week i i like it man i'm entering this it's going in it's a lock Let's do it. Yeah. Are we splitting if, if it wins anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're splitting with you. We're splitting. All right. Let's go ahead and let's call this episode, man. Sorry for everybody who's used to our longer shows. This lagging for me is, is a little bit ridiculous, and I apologize for that. I'll, I'll do better next time. Hopefully, I'll be at home next week at my studio doing a great job and, and making sure that it's running all smoothly. All right, man. Where yeah. can we find you? Oh well, yeah, find me over at Twitter at Dario Offstein. Um, you know, any anything player profiler that has to do with the nerdy stuff, the stats probably I'm involved with somehow. And you can just that you can find my stuff out on Twitter. Um, thanks. This was honestly a blast. I'm glad I got to make my big tilt debut here, sharing the 
the stage with you and this was a good time it was good man it was good unfortunately you know it was hindered by my internet access but like i said we'll do better next time oh man you guys can find me over there at ff underscore intervention and it's time to give our locks you know who my lock is stario you already know i already told you i don't know who your lock is but i told you my lock was before the show my lock what what's up yeah i was gonna say he may or may not be in the show title Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a little bit of a, of a hint right there. Uh, my lock for this week is going to be Miles Sanders up against the Bears. The Bears haven't been able to stop anybody. And this, this is to leverage your lineups and get away from the chalk of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts does not target the running backs. Uh, so if Jalen Hurts is going to end up having a bum week, Miles Sanders will still be there to shine for the Eagles. I love Miles Sanders. I think he's going to break the slate this week. He is my lock. Dario, who you got? Yeah, I love that pick. I think I, I was having a hard time choosing between Isaiah Pacheco and Mike Williams, but I think my lock, I'm going to call it for Mike Williams this week. He's only yes. 6,300. He's just so dirt cheap for his elite role. He gets the deeper targets down the field, and he's he's Justin Herbert's elite deep threat, and I think that this could very easily be a 100-yard, two-touchdown game for him. I mean, we saw 100 yards and one touchdown last week, so he's fully back, and he's still cheap. He's still not. I, I was surprised his ownership is as low as it is. So I'm I'm loving Mike Williams this week. 